Across every time zone covering both hemispheres, it's time for another installment of Authors First on the Artist First Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Z-Man in the studio. First live show of the week. We have a uh, very interesting guest. I think you're going to want to stick and stay for the next hour. Just tell uh, tell you a little bit about her. She's an author, a motivational speaker, a certified life coach, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. She's also a radio show host, which I find intimidating. So we'll see how uh, I can get through this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to welcome Lisa Nobles. Hey, Lisa. Hi. I'm so glad to be here, and thank you for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Where are we connecting with you? Are you in Texas tonight? Yes, I am in Texas, Houston, Texas. Now, how are things down there? Uh, the uh, uh, Carolina's been getting hammered the last couple of days with the hurricane. How are things in Texas? Everything is fine. We had a little rain a couple of days ago, but um, it's warm outside. It's beautiful. Everyone looks happy. <laughs> That's always for the good. most part. <laughs> Not Monday, Ruth. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's 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 great. We're getting a little bit of the. Uh, we're up north in Ohio. We're now getting some of the some of the rain, but uh, okay, we can deal with it. Uh, Lisa, mm-hmm. you're an interesting lady. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, but let's start Thank with you. with the early days. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Abilene, Texas, but I am, um, of course, from Los Angeles, California. That's where I was born and raised. But my mother, they migrated or moved to Texas. Um, over a course of several years, of course, but um, her her father, my grandfather, who of course passed, and my grandmother had family roots here in Texas, so that's kind of how we ended up in Texas. Now, are there uh, any brothers and sisters? I have a sister. I sure do. I certainly do. I have a sister in Denver, Colorado, which is where my mother resides uh, as well. And she has three amazing uh, children, my uh, two nieces and a married. She helps, of course, uh, maintain uh, my mother, of course, because I'm here in Texas. So she's there, and, and they have a pretty good life going on up there. I love them. Now, uh, so when did you immigrate from uh, the West Coast to Texas? How old were you? Oh, I was young. I was about... Oh, let's see. I probably was anywhere between 10 and 12. And then when I graduated, I went back. I actually went back to L.A. when I was about between 17 and 18. Wow. Uh, So being that you've been to both places, where would you rather settle? (laughs) That's a tricky question. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't answer. Are there other... (laughs) Are there other creative people in your family? Are you the only artist, or do you come from a family of artists? No, I I come from a family of very creative people, just like any other family. I'm sure everyone has multiple people that's creative in their their own unique way. Um, I have a family who derives a lot of... we, We pride ourselves in entrepreneurship, so a lot of that going on. And then, of course... My children, personally, I have uh, one who's an, uh, a musical artist, and then I have another one who's striving to be. So we we pretty much are a pretty creative bunch. Well, it sounds like it. Uh, and we're going to talk <laughs> about all of your creativity over the next hour. Uh, were you okay, a, awesome. Have you, were you a big reader growing up? 
Yes, I was. I love to read. Um, I think over the years I hadn't read as much because, of course, as you can see, that I was in school for the majority of that time. But I love to read. Um, even from a child, my mom, she would always push that from, you know, she wanted me to be educationally sound. But, of course, um, it was something that I always loved to do. Now, becoming a writer, that's a different story, which we'll talk about, I guess, whenever you're, you prompt me to say so. But, yeah, I've always loved to read. Well, let, let's just fill in one more blank on your okay. biography. And that is that you hold a Bachelor of Arts degree in Applied Behavioral Science from Ashford yes, University. Sir. Now, yes, I think I know what Applied Behavioral <laughs> Science is, but I've been out of college a long time. Please help us. What exactly does that mean? Applied Behavioral Science is actually a discipline of psychology. And what I do or what it taught me mainly was I would be a, a behavior analyst and I really, I hate to say this, but I, I more so look at people's behaviors, and then I want to find the why of why we behave the way we do. Now, I've always had a passion for this type of discipline from a young woman. My first psychology, well, not psychology, sociology class in high school, I knew that anything that was community-oriented or Learning about why people do what they do, why the why behind their behaviors is something that I've been passionate about. We all want to know that, right? So basically, that's basically what my degree capitalizes upon. And then the great part about behavioral science is because, of course, I have the small nonprofit. It, it also links me, a direct link, into understanding the community needs and what their motivations would be for why of how we can provide those resources to make our surroundings, the communities better, make our cities better, make our, our children better. And, and a lot of that is going to become we have to understand what motivate people to do what they do. And then once we figure that out, how can we address it to improve our surroundings? if that makes sense. Well, it's a noble goal, pun intended. I think it's great mm -hmm. that um, you do what you do, and the world is going to be a better place because of your efforts. Folks, I forgot to mention that the uh, website, if you guys, for those of you that can surf, surf over to I am Lisa Nobles, that's with an S on the end, uh, dot com, or use the link provided on our homepage or the archive page if you're listening to this as an archive. And you can surf on over and see my, what a lovely lady you are, Lisa. <laughs> Thank you. Now, am I going to get hate mail from the Me Too movement for saying that? <laughs> I am 100% serious. I never know if, I'm, if I compliment somebody on the air. Is that now disrespectful? I hope not, but I certainly wouldn't take it that way. I'm going to put your little plug in there right now. That was unintended hate that was all pure love from the way i see it i just you know hey i don't want to offend anybody and i know there's there are crazy people out there and uh mm -hmm. we, we seem to attract them here at the artist first radio network <laughs> oh god go ahead uh, folks you can start sending hate mail to dj at artistfirst.com <laughs> or any other email that you'd like to send if you'd like to send lisa uh, an email during the broadcast, zap it over to dj at artistfirst.com and we'll read it on the air. 
Thank you. All right, I'm going to say it. I'll get this out of the way early in the broadcast because you have a degree in behavioral sciences. I think, I think uh, the, the following three words describe most people I've come across, and they are mm-hmm. idiots begat idiots. Oh, God. It's in the Bible. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, I made all that up, and I'm being sarcastic. Uh, yeah, of course. I, I am. Okay, folks, I just want to get more reasons why people can send me hate mail. So is this the book, uh, your latest release, which just came out in August, which is Faith for All I Trust in Him. Uh, is that, that Now, that's your third book? Um, I co-authored two other books, so this is my first book, solo book, my first solo um work by myself of course so yes sir this would be my third technically but i co-authored two other books yes sir well and folks those are on the i am lisa noble's website those other two books are women warriors who make it rock and discover Mm -hmm. your destiny live your dreams love your life Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you know, hey, that's pretty cool. It's like, what, when you, when you learn how to drive, you have to have a licensed driver in the front seat with you so you take your test well. Maybe these, right. uh, at least in Ohio, you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, mm-hmm. do you think that, you know, co-authoring, I mean, it had to help, right? I mean, some authors really struggle right. with their first book. Uh, uh, you know, right. But, okay, so tell us what was, what was more difficult about this book than the previous two that now that you were on your own. It well, you said it best because I was on my own, but because I had um for me, I loved to research, and I didn't even know that I wanted to be a writer until I started school, um of course, at Ashford, and one of my professors he told me early on it was my first psychology class, if I'm not mistaken, so this was at least five years ago, and he told me he said, Lisa, he said, you are the now this is not verbatim." Of course, this is me doing this from memory, but he told me that he saw in me that I could be a writer, and if I kept up how, you know, the direction that I, that I was going, that I could either write, even write academically one day. So that's when I first realized that, hey, maybe this writing thing could take off for me. But at the end of the day, of course, like anyone else, I was uh, nervous to do it. It took me a long time. And this being a spiritual sabbatical is something that I had a, a lot, large part of it. I started years before. But again, being in school, realizing my, my passion, co-authoring the other two books, meeting other individuals who also had a passion for writing who, and were being successful at it, it inspired me to keep going and not giving up. Now, this is a tough business, and getting a book mm-hmm. out there that people read, that's a tough, it's a tall order. Uh, yeah, that is. For many reasons, not the least bitch, which being that there are a lot of books being put out. Anyone can put out a book. Right. Right. Anyone. anyone. Any, literally. My mm-hmm. toaster can mm-hmm. put out a book if it wanted to. Cause it's right. That, now that, and the same with music and, and the same with any other art form, and that's fantastic. Everybody right. should. If that's what you want to do, great. We support that. But it does right. create a bigger marketplace and tougher to get your head above the rest. Um, so why this book and why this topic? Why this book? I got to tell you, again, it's something that um, I like to kind of say I birthed it. I birthed this book. When I was younger, in my early 20s, I didn't just, the sabbatical just didn't appear out of anywhere. You know, I practiced abstinence 
Um, so a, a significant part of this could, could derive from that. In my early 20s, I owned a salon called Hair Jazz, and it was a point in my life where for two years I practiced abstinence. And I didn't, you know, of course you know what that means, but... Um, and I didn't know that at that time that that's what I was doing was kind of like a sabbatical. And, of course, I was really heavily into church. I was into my faith. I was very, very, very extremely active in my community. I tried my best to take care of my kids, you know, and I was a uh, single parent. But that's kind of where that derived from. And then over the years, again, going back to school and just different, just seeing other elements of life, I found that that sabbatical, which eventually that me practicing that time where I did the abstinence, really turned into a sabbatical. And my godmother and I, we would discuss some things about relationship, and she has been a, a, a tall order, if you will, kind of your phrase you used earlier, um, in my life. She, she shared a lot of wisdom, and we always would do things together. And one of the things that abstinence time derived into was a sabbatical. And I would tell my godmother, you know, I'm going on a sabbatical. I'm going on a sabbatical. And, and we both did it for years. But it wasn't up until about three years ago where I really started putting the pieces to this particular puzzle together. And I knew that it had to come into something more larger than just in my mind or just every now and then, you know, my godmother and I or me and my friends, we would do it or whatever. But it had to be something more significant. And I know that anybody can write a book. And I'm, gosh, you know, the, the thing about it is, is not so much about anyone can write the book. It's about that you have to share your passion with the world and your audience will derive from that. So, you know, and even in that concept, being a successful corporate salon manager for very many years, I would always tell my employees, never compare yourself to other people. Always compare yourself to yourself. And I think, sweetie, the only thing that I think that, that hinders a lot of people is when we look at the outside and we think that we can't be because there's so much other out there. But that's not how God designed it. He didn't tell us to not be something just because there's so much competition. He just told us to do it, right? So, of course, that's such a scary thing to put yourself out there to write. You, you know, I thought about critics. I thought about people. Oh, are they going to believe that I actually wrote this? Mm -hmm. You know, with just so many different facets. But at the end of the day, faith. Is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of not things not seen, and I'm definitely not a preacher, but at the same time, knowing that, knowing that I had to do it. I had to do it, if not for anyone else, but for myself. And that's kind of where that book kind of birthed right there, when I knew in that moment that I had to go ahead and, and, and write it, put it on paper. Well, congratulations on a great project. So what was it like? Thank you. This just came out a few weeks ago. Well, we're taking right. This show is airing live on September 17th, 2018. Right. And the book's only been out for a short period of time. So what was it yes. like when you got that first copy in your hands? Okay, so <laughs> i got to tell you, I ordered the draft copy, and it was, I'm telling you, I ordered two copies, one for me and one one for my very best friend of over 25 years, Stephanie. And I tell you, I, I didn't know what to, I didn't know if to cry. I didn't know if to laugh. I didn't know if to scream. Because at the end of the day, again, kind of like what I was just saying, 
you know, you have all these ideas, and then when you actually see that tangible proof is what makes it so exciting. And it was like, well, I can't stop now. <laughs> I got to keep going now. So that's kind of how that felt right there. And I, I was just excited. I didn't know what else to do. And it made me feel like I needed to be even more creative. So I, it was my third draft of this book that I knew that, okay, I, I'm going to stop right here. So the business side of, of the publishing business can really beat down uh, some talented writers can be beaten down by the whole business process. This is your third experience, actually, right, with the two co-authored yes. previous books. Let's briefly touch on that. How about the, the business side of things? Have you found, uh, what route did you go, by the way, publishing? Did you self-publish? Did you go through a, another form of publishing? And how, how daunting was that? Okay, so I decided to self-publish this particular work. Um, of course, the other two went through a publisher, and it was the same publisher for both um, works that I did. I co-authored um, the other two books. This one I decided to do a, um, I decided to self-publish because it was my first project, and it's kind of like the eagle, the baby eagle in the nest, and you're getting kicked out the nest, and you kind of, <laughs> you got to fly, yeah, you know what you I mean? Yeah, because I have a big book. I literally have a book that I've completed that, I, of course, I would want an agent to pick that book up. But before I did that, this was what I wanted to experience. I wanted to see that I could do this for myself. And for me, that was the better way to go. Now, are there opportunities with uh, publishing houses, vanity publishers? Yes. Each individual person will have to decide which is best for that person. Now, for this work, I chose self-publish. Um, I could have went with a vanity publisher where they, you know, you pay them a certain amount of money or whatever, and they do all of everything that you need to do. And for some artists, that's probably that may be the better choice if they can't find a if they want to go the traditional route of publishing their book. But for me, this was the, I wanted to get my feet wet. I just kind of wanted to play around. And again, this was something that I needed to do for myself. And I'll tell you why a little bit later. Well, we're in our 23rd year here at Artist First awesome. Radio. Uh, and mm -hmm. our, our listeners know the whole reason this network was created in the first place was to help the little guy, the brilliant right. little author that's over there. The brilliant little band that's over there. And we have been huge proponents of doing it yourself, keeping control of your product. Heck, we've, we have New York Times best-selling authors on here every week. Right. That's wonderful. We wow. love everybody. But I think listeners will be surprised to know that, uh, that a great publishing contract, you might get 7%. So for every mm -hmm. dollar that comes mm -hmm. in, you get seven pennies. Yeah, that's, mm -hmm. a major, that's a major publishing deal. Look it up, folks. Mm -hmm. So what's wrong with the artist? Okay, without getting into one of my diatribes about the uh, no, go right ahead. music mm -hmm. business. We, we feel the same way about, about musicians. That You know, if you can mm -hmm. keep control of your own product, you control your own publishing, you control your own music, in the long run, you're going to be way better off. Now, here's the other, the other side of that, and then we'll move on. If, if okay. you, you self-publish and your book sells well, Mm-hmm. Traditional publishers will be knocking your door down, and you, you can tell them to go away. Well, that, that was my question. It, it is a tough, tough business. Now, being that you're a motivational speaker, I don't think you're going to have any problem at uh, book signings and, and public right. appearances. Mm -hmm. Do you like doing that mm -hmm. kind of stuff? Let me tell you something. 
<laughs> who wouldn't love, well, I say that, who wouldn't love, you know, motivating, empowering people? Or, and specifically, that's what EWAP does. You know, from my platform, I, I do that every day. When I post a post or whatever I do, I've always had a passion of empowering, equipping, and educating people for years back. You know, I know you don't have my real resume there in front of you, but I've always been an active activist activists in the community right so teaching other people how to be better bolder bigger is something of course i love to do i love educating people on how they can take their lives to the next level and but while using my own experience and i think a lot of people are afraid to use their own experience because it it does it 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 it, you have to be vulnerable and that's hard for a lot of us to be vulnerable in sharing that part of ourselves, right, with the world. But for me, and I'm sure other hundreds of motivational speakers, just trying to educate someone and showing them a different avenue, not saying what you're doing is wrong or whatever, but let me help add to where you're going, your direction, to your journey. If these few tips help you to differently then hey let's do it so yes <laughs> that was a long way to say that but yes, i love 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 speak to people on any level about any subject now some people get a little stage fright uh you know at the book signings when somebody comes up with the aluminum foil hat on you know it's <laughs> you, you gotta love the public though <laughs> hey you know I, I'm just begging for hate mail, folks. If you haven't, if you've tuned in late, uh, you have uh, Z-Man in Studio One A, and Lisa Nobles is our <laughs> author. Uh, she she's a motivational speaker, as you just heard, a certified life coach, and she has a brand new book out called Faith for All I Trust in Him. Let's right now do a little bit of selling in case uh, folks can't stay. Where can they pick up the book? They can pick up the book at Amazon.com slash author slash Lisa Nobles or, of course, at www.imlisanobles.com, and it's under Get That Book. <laughs> I like that. Now, uh, <laughs> what formats is it available in? It's, I would prefer, honestly, just to be honest with you, I prefer you to get the, um, the hard copy of the book. You can get a Kindle version, but the hard copy is really the better copy because it is a journal, so it's it's more tangible. You need to be able to write in it and um, just follow those prompts of how it's directing you to um, go through the sabbatical. Right. Maybe we should give an overview. Uh, We didn't talk much about your nonprofit. Um, Mm -hmm. You called it EWOP. It's E-W-O-F-P. Yes. Dot org. Give us, so maybe there's some more details we should give them before we talk about the details of the faith book and how the sabbatical, awesome. the journals work. So give us a big overview. You know, what do you do all day and how do you help people? Well, I can't tell you what I do all day because, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Okay, so the majority of my days are pretty laid back here because I had an accident a year and a year and a half ago that left me in a way to where now I'm overcoming, I'm, I'm moving into the next section of my life, right? So right now, um, it's such a blessing to be the CEO and founder of Empowered Women of Faith and Purpose, which is EWAP, right? Um, I recently moved almost three years to the Houston area, so this 
in, in the, at the first of the year in April, I think it is, it'll be three years that I've been here in Houston. And during that time, EWAP had to kind of go, it wasn't as active because for one of the accident that I had, but, um, and then for two, it wasn't God's timing. So this year I finally can walk because I couldn't walk for a long time. So I finally can walk, and now EWAP is getting more active. And the blessing of it is is that even though I couldn't walk and I had my own challenges going on behind the scenes, I was still able to serve, to serve other people because, again, the community has, has always been my passion. EWAP was started uh, eight years ago, um, let's see, yeah, 2010, as a social media Force, right. So we started out on social media, and then two years later, in 2012, EWAP became a 501c3, benefiting single mothers, right, because I was a single mom. So one of the things that we focus on, or three of the things that we focus on, is educating, equipping, and empowering our single mothers. And one of the ways that we do that, let's talk about the holidays because that's coming up, right, is we provide food baskets for our single mothers, right? So we provide these food these food baskets so that they don't have to worry about, okay, how am I going to provide for Thanksgiving dinner? How am I going to provide for Christmas dinner? EWAP comes in and we take a certain number of families. And in the past, we've done a minimum of 10 families for each holiday, depending on some years are, of course, more prosperous than others, but um, depending on where we're at. So this year, for the Houston area, I never did the Thanksgiving here because, again, I couldn't walk for a long time. So we're going to be doing um, tis, no, winning means giving, the Thanksgiving for our single moms, and they get gobble-gobble food baskets. And then for Christmas, we do tis the season for empowerment. Now, tis the season is, of course, eight years old. Winning means giving is only six years because, of course, I couldn't walk. I'm saying that again because in my second book of the Faith series, you will learn about um, how I personally fought with God, or not physically, of course, but that's just a, a metaphoric way to to tell you about my battle over the last two years of what happened to me, right? So anyway, I love Empower Women of Faith and Purpose, and just rebuilding that organization here has been such a blessing. And building anything, you have to have community partners. And at first, let me, I didn't think that it was skeptical because of my journey right and now God is blessing us with so many man beautiful partnerships I mean out of nowhere like I wouldn't have even thought because it was such it was so hard trying to reestablish something that started in Dallas here in Houston you know how it is when you're trying to start something new the skepticism the you know people don't know you you have to get out there and you have to really be active right in the community but for me it was really hard because I couldn't walk and then not only that I had a lot of other issues going on but God was faithful and in that again man for 2018 we're bringing giving with two partnerships I'm not going down again but I reciprocated that uh, uh, recreated the EWAP I had in Dallas of course 
model it here in Houston. Um, God has blessed us with a partnership with Hope and a partnership with the Rainbow um, Housing, people who help low-income single mothers. And why is that important for EWAP? Because we cater to single mothers, right? So these two entities are giving us an opportunity to serve that single mother community, right? So that's, that's, I just wanted to give you an overview of that. But I mean, I mean, it's so, as you can see, my whole demeanor has changed because that's my passion is helping other people. And I don't know why God gave me that blessing, but I'm so thankful that he gave me a bless, a, a spirit to give to other people. I mean, we've gotten people like Whataburger. We have, we have a, a, a Starbucks, um, uh, partnership for this year. I mean, I'm so excited. I don't even know what else to tell you, man. But that's kind of just a brief, broad overview of EWAP and kind of what that nonprofit looks like. And we we love all the support that we definitely could get on that in that effort. Well, what a terrific story story that is, and, it, and it's a great. Uh, it's great that uh, praise God that you can walk <laughs> now. Uh, that you know, I don't think folks have an idea what it's like to be told I had an experience when I was in my early 20s in a bad motorcycle accident and while still in intensive care I was told you know I might never walk again and if I did I might be uh, you know not be able to walk very well mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with me folks I am perfectly I've been athletic all these years everything went back to normal and thank God for that and uh, mm-hmm. uh, to have your to have that taken away for any period of time you have a unique perspective, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. how many people have been where you have been, and now you're walking again? Fantastic, fantastic! Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, why we went there, folks, is to give you the background of where this information is coming from. Right. The, the book Faith, which is F A I T H with periods all between them, which stands for "For All I Trust in Him." Well, first of all. As the title says, faith. Let's talk about faith for a moment. Faith, in my mind, does not mean religion. Right. Right? Because what religion is God? I don't know. I have no idea what religion God is. (laughs) But tell us about your faith, your personal, I guess you did in in a large way. Uh, Have you always been this spiritual, uh, you know, obviously you just described going through a bit of a roller coaster there with your accident, but... Has faith been, always been a part of your life, or is this a recent phenomenon? No, um, I'm not even where I used to be when it comes to my faith. I mean, my cousin used to tell me, and this Rochelle Black, what she used to tell me, because I, I just, because we call each other cousin, I know that's kind of a cliche, but um, she said, I'm just astonished at your faith, your your relationship with God, because it seems like you don't have to ask him for anything and you just automatically get it. Like, it, it wasn't, my faith was that strong. And that was, of course, when I was a single mother back in, um, when I owned my salon. And I, I kept that for so many years because that that was all I knew. My, my grandmother embedded that into my aunts, and my aunts embedded that into their children. And, and that's kind of where that came. But let me tell you, Z-Man, when I... Um, when I had this experience, the last two and a half years, let me tell you something. You may hear some excitement right now, but it wasn't all rainbows. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. And I know that any artist out there has a story. 
everyone has a story. It's, again, being vulnerable enough to share that story because that's how we relate to our our audience, right? But, no, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And so, of course, through that situation, I've reconnected with my faith. But for a minute there, I, I even told my doctors because I went through, it was my sixth doctor who finally, that God showed me or, or led me to, however you want to put it, but that that did my first operation on my foot. So it took me seven doctors um, to get to where I am today, and, and I don't look back on that part. And I told that sixth doctor, Dr. Blanson, I said, you know, I look at this situation as a blessing and a curse because I was so angry for a long time. So, no, can't anyone take that away from me? Where I am today is all because of faith, and that's how I learned how to retrust. God again, and it's faith for all I trust Him. I remember seeing a uh, public service announcement mm-hmm. back in the 80s, mm-hmm. right after I became a single parent with my three month old son. Mm-hmm. And the commercial was uh, words on the screen said, How much does the world weigh? Mm-hmm. And the second sentence was, Ask a single parent. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm still, I'm a proud single parent. 35 years later, my son is doing fantastically well. He's married awesome. with, uh, uh, anyway, anyway, just, uh, you know, being a single parent is not necessarily the worst thing in the world. You can, your right. children can turn out great, folks. Just, uh, I looked at it like I, I wanted to make it even for uh, an even contest for the rest of the parents on my block. It was like fighting with one arm right. tied behind my back. But, uh, okay, I'm being a little facetious there, but. No. <laughs> no, okay. Well, no. Let's let's we, we you know we want to let's talk about the way you have put right. this book together. This is an interesting. Right. Uh, it's not a novel. It's not nope. a mystery. Uh, no. Nope. Please get, describe what this this is to the listeners. This is a it's a journal. It's a journal. It's a journal. Um, in my empowerment boot camp, um, the part of the journal really came together about two years ago. And it is a journal. And what you do is, is based on a 30-day journey. You know, it takes 30 days to make a, make, make a habit, right? Make or break a habit. And what this, what this book is, it, it's really just depicting just some things that happen in everyday life and how we can make application to them. But the one of the things that we do is I based it on my Dare to Dream, which is a part of EWAP, of course. And it talks about... Uh, self-discovery, self-worth, self-esteem, self-respect, right? Those fundamental, fundamentals, attributes of life, right? And how we can make application. And each week, you progressively grow to break a bondage or what I call a fill-in in our lives, right? So let's say, let's talk about the fill-in really quick. A fill-in for me through this journey, of course, became to me just a temporary moment of happiness that is masked as happiness, right? It's what we utilize to say that we're happy just to, to, to fill a void that we're having in our life. So maybe that piece of bondage could be a broken relationship. Maybe that bondage could be um, you're at a bad job. Maybe that bondage, and this has been for me, is People hearing about what they think 
are they say about you? Because as we all know, that can be damaging to a lot of people's self-esteem, their self-respect, their self-image, as well as the way they see themselves are their self-concept of themselves, which is how we see ourselves, right? So that's what that derives from. So it talks very practically about how, what, what we go through through the day. Like, for example, we experience, which I know you're going to let me read in a minute, but anywhere from 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot. And if we're not careful, we allow those things, maybe we start overthinking, and then that hinders us from being a, the better version of ourselves. So all this, this journal does is help us to walk through life and take one or two or three. Some, in my empowerment boot camp, I've had them do three before. Three things that is holding them back from being the best version of themselves, right? It's hindering them from having their relationship with God or, or their higher being, because not everybody believes in God. I mean, I understand that. But that's what this journal does. And what you're doing, you're actually, each week, you're writing, the first week, you're writing whatever comes to mind. Because for me, journaling is healing. If we want to get to the root of why we are those behaviors, why we do what we do, why do we keep having the same man that's breaking our heart? Or why we keep catering to the same type of relationships that are not healthy? Or why do we listen to people who don't empower us, but they're constantly maybe bullying some people? Are they, they're constantly talking about their self, uh, degrading them? Why has your self-esteem diminished? When you have all this stuff on top of everything else you have to do, where do you find relief? Outside of the Word of God, I'm just asking to journal so that you can take each week and go to the next level and and get rid of some of that other stuff that's hindering you from being your best self. Basically what the the brief synopsis of this book is for. And then I added the the bonus section of the communication. Well, folks, I think this is going to be a challenge, uh, a good challenge, Mm -hmm. in a very good way Mm -hmm. for most people that do this, because you're going to have to, as an individual you're going to have to take a look at yourself. It's almost like having a therapist in paper in front of you. You're going to have Come to, on. you know, you, uh, well, let, let's, if, if I can, let me give them an example. Um, okay. Here's, here's a question out of uh, the first part of the book. Uh, list two distinctive characteristics that you adore about yourself and why. Now, a person mm-hmm. with low self-esteem, he's not going to have two. I said he, Sam, so, uh, okay. He's not going to have no, two. <laughs> you know what I mean? That if people with yeah. low self-esteem, they're going to struggle to come up right. with characteristics. Uh, the come next, on. And then uh, the, the on the same page, write your fears and what right. you believe has prevented you from achieving your greatest dream. See, again, that, those are tough questions. People are going to have to look at themselves yes. in the mirror and go, see, and, and for some people that's going to be tough, but it's going to be wonderful when you can get past yes. that. It's, I love that, man. You were so awesome. You so rock. I was speaking to um, a guard a daughter of mine the other day, and we were just talking about this, and I, and I have her. She hadn't done it yet, so don't. <laughs> and it was just something she and I would, had talked for so long that I came up with this concept right in the middle of our, middle of our conversation, which was mirror talk. And so 
what you said was almost the exact replication of what I had explained to her. And I told her she was going to have to have the tough conversation. And I needed someone that hurt her feelings tremendously and someone very dear. I mean, just deeply hurt. She was crying. And I told her that I wanted her to remove me. And I wanted her to go into the restroom and look at in the mirror and look at herself. And I wanted her to, to repeat what she repeated to me, but repeated to herself in the mirror. How powerful do you think that is if anyone takes a moment to do that? It is not easy to look at yourself in the mirror and say, this is what this person said to me that hurt me so dearly. And then she, and she was supposed to take the paper and write down three things of how that made her feel. And that challenges what? Our self-esteem. Because that's almost saying, like, if I'm saying this to myself, I must believe it. But that's where the lie is. You don't have to believe what nobody puts on you. That is their hot potato, and I'm trying to teach you to get it off of you. Because it does make us go into other things like depression and different things of that nature. Well, for the individual, this might be easier than, I know there are people who would never in a million years go to a therapist. Right. They don't, you know, none of your damn business. You know, I, you know, it's right. my business. I ain't telling you nothing. Well, with right. a book like this and a journal Come like on. this, no one needs to know what you put down. But here's, here's the rub. Uh, we know, mm -hmm. folks, that in therapy, when a therapist can get a disturbed individual, a troubled individual, to talk about the very issues, that mm -hmm. often just that discussion, those words, change that person in a positive Come way. On. Now, mm -hmm. does writing... One would think, if you have to sit there and write, what's the difference than speaking? You're still getting that information out of yourself. Does it have the same result? Right. I think that it does have a, the same result to a certain degree, Z-Man. I think when you write it, it resonates more. Because even the Bible talks about writing, right? Write it down and make it plain, right? What I feel, and this is just from my years of experience with it, and of course, that's what my next move is. I'm going to be a therapist, but um, of course, when you are when you are looking at this, and you're actually writing it down, and and to your point, it's giving you that anatomy because a lot of us don't have privacy. So when you have that anatomy, you're going to freely write what's really on your heart and what's really hurting you, because nothing's preventing you from being real. So that's what's going to come out that authenticity that vulnerability, those things that lead to true love. Because when we have all this other stuff, these feelings on top of who we really are, we're not loving ourselves, ourselves man. I mean, wouldn't you agree? How can we love ourselves when we are too, we're, we've lowered our standards and we're around here striving to be what everyone else needs us to be except being true to ourselves? That's right. We look at society, we measure people. You know who the good people are, folks? The rich people. Look at our president, right? You wouldn't have elected this clown if he was a guidance counselor at high school. You wouldn't. You elected him because he was rich. Well, he says he was. Anyway, we measure we measure success by how much money you make in this country. Isn't that terrible? Well, uh, before I get off on another uh, tangent, there, uh, Lisa was, uh, does want to read from the book. And uh, we want to give her as much time as she would like. Would you? Is there some setup you would like to tell the audience about? Uh, and just take it away. 
Um, what I really, I really, I wanted to say in the introduction part, um, because I really want to be mindful of the thoughts that we have throughout today, throughout the day. And I can attest from personal experience when we let those thoughts resonate in our spirits, our minds, we act out in a way we're depressed, we're sad. Um, we, we don't want, we're, we've lost interest in things that mean so dear. So in the introductory section, it's on page three, I talk about that. And, and, and let me just start. It says daily one can experience anywhere from 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts. With many thoughts being processed throughout the day, minding the mind and protecting your peace at all costs becomes pivotal. When working with an overabundance of thoughts, one can begin to understand how information received can become easily distorted. When not careful, your self-image and the esteem is damaged based on your under-processed knowledge. Once this occurs, one one's outlook is altered negatively or positively towards others or even oneself. And and then I go on to talk about how individuals can reject reject true development when they do not face themselves, their true self. Let's be honest here. It is hard to look at oneself in the in the mirror and say, I was forgiving or unforgiving or unfair concerning different types of situations, family. Facing myself can be a challenge because, for illustration, when I am not mindful, my view becomes as broken levees, which restrains me within my embedded fears, worries, and mental states of doubt. In this sense, this establishes fear as false evidence appearing real, real, that can inhibit personal growth and development. So what I'm saying here, again, is what we've been talking about throughout this whole journey, is that when we allow these thoughts, even the negative thoughts, let, let's just talk about the negative thoughts, they fester in our spirits, our souls, and our bodies, and then they manifest in our behaviors. So maybe we're closed off. We're not smiling. People are trying to be nice to us. We can't. We we're 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 not having a good reaction. Some for some people, even me myself, in the past, I've gone off. There's there's different types of angers in anger in inward anger, outward anger, and then you have to learn how to balance that. But then we blow up like volcanoes because sometimes we overthink, right? But if you want to develop truly and face who you really are, you have to be able to look yourself in the mirror and be honest and say, you know what, I didn't handle that situation very well. You might have to apologize to that person. You may have um, spoke ill of someone. But that's the part, Z-Man, that we're not willing to speak about. We're not willing to speak about as humans a lot of, for a lot for some of us. I say for some of us, people like me, we're not willing to say sometimes that how we mishandle situations. It's all good when we're talking about, um, like you brought up Donald Trump, and we saying, okay, this clown, we wouldn't hire him for nothing, right? It's all good to say, oh, I really thought that about someone. It's all good to say, but when you have to actually admit it. That means I have to change something in me because maybe that I'm, a, but it's all good when I'm right. When I'm doing good, when I won the trophy, woohoo, I'm at the front line, right? 
but it's not it's not easy when we have to say you know what I was wrong it's not easy saying I'm sorry and I apologize because what happens is and, and this will be in my next book what happens is when we have all these type of feelings we develop other things like unforgiving spirits and and different things like that and what we don't realize is that all those ill feelings that we're putting off to someone else is really being reciprocated to ourselves. Because whatever we put out, whether you're saying, oh, I want karma on that person, or so you reap, so you sow, that's coming right back to you. Because you are speaking what is in your heart against someone else. But when you get ready to truly forgive, that's because you have taken an opportunity to look at yourself and say, hey, this is where I need growth. This is where I need development. This is how I can change me. And that's where a lot of people get stuck. They don't want to change themselves. They only want to be the cheerleader when everything is going great. They don't want to be the person that say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not the good person today. I have some issues. They don't want to be that person. But, boy, if they're the person with the, the crown on and they won that race, they don't want, who wants to be last? But you know what? Sometimes being last and finishing the race is the same result as someone who was first and crossed, crossed the finish line. There's really no difference. You both finished the race. Those are wise words from our guest, Lisa Nobles. She is an author, motivational speaker, certified life coach, radio host, and has a brand new book out, literally. It's I've been out 26 days. It's called Faith mm -hmm. for All I Trust in Him. Now, the, 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 the course, the journal, the, this, this project that you get when you purchase the Faith book takes 30 days. The book's been mm -hmm. out for 26 days, so obviously someone who got the book on the first day would still be four days short uh, before it's completed. What happens when it's complete? Is this a, the, well, tell us, what, what are your hopes and dreams at the end of this project? Next. Uh-oh, Lisa, Lisa, hold on. We, we lost you there for a second. Uh, start over again. My question was, you know, what, what is the, what do you hope for, for the readers at the end of the, of the project? Um, my next book is The Art of Forgiveness. And that, and that is what I would hope, is because once we, we've completed the journal, we've completed, um, overcome some things in our lives, let's kind of talk about how did we get there and, how, and what, what steps can we take to prevent us from getting, from, from, from getting restuck or just how to just continue to progress in their lives. So that's, that would be my hope for them. And then not only that, just knowing that this was something that they could accomplish and they did it for themselves and they're no longer in bondage to whatever's holding them back from being the greater part of themselves, if that makes sense. Will, uh, I know that you're a certified life coach. Is it possible that a reader of uh, your books and someone that would take this spiritual sabbatical might want to contact you about your life coaching? Yes, that's a great question, um, Z-Man. I would love for them, too. They can go to my life coaching hub, which you, which you can um, find that on I am on my website, IamLisaNopals.com. Uh, the About Me page, if I'm not mistaken, it's, it's right there. They can definitely come and... Um, 
and, and receive services, or they can go into my empowerment boot camp, which is offered in the book. They can go in, in um, come in there, and I'm always in there, and I have administrators or empowerment ambassadors in there as well. So um, they definitely can come if they want to further. Um, we're in a sabbatical right now. We're, we're not doing a, a – it's an in-depth one, but not as in-depth for some. But they're 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 about to complete um, a sabbatical right now. We started in Genesis, so we're currently doing that right now. Well, Lisa, you're an interesting lady, and we wish you the best of luck with this project. Uh, it'll be interesting now over the next four days as people will start to complete this journal, and uh, you'll you'll be hearing back from your readers. I guess I was going to say students. Mm-hmm. I guess both terms apply here. Uh, this is an, an interesting. A time that we live in. Uh, unfortunately, right. uh, in the words of my, my now-deceased grandmother a number of years ago, she said to me, life is too short to be unhappy all the time. And folks, if right. you're unhappy all the time, is this the way you're going to go through the rest of your life? I went home and filed for divorce from my wife. That's a true story, folks. But you don't <laughs> have to do that. You can, you, there are other ways to find happiness uh, in life, and maybe this can be one of them. Maybe you have a friend that you know is bothered by depression, um, <clears throat> bothered by some of the things that these uh, th- these materials would help. Uh, what a glorious thing it's going to be, Lisa, as people start to contact you after they've had time to go through this project, and you'll probably get some direct feedback from people that you've changed yes. their lives. Man, how great is that? I hope so. I, I would love that. I would love that, see, man. Mm-hmm. I well, would love that. We've just got a minute or two left. Are there any, uh, first of all, number one, how can people contact you? Did we leave out, you know, are you on Twitter, Facebook? What are all the places people can contact you? I'm everywhere. And um, uh, Twitter is uh, Miss Lisa Nobles. Um, Facebook, my, my empowerment page is, is where you would want to go. And that's uh, WOSP. So it's Facebook um, slash EWOSP, Empowered Women of Faith and Purpose. On Instagram is EWOFP, Instagram, uh, Empowered Women of Faith and Purpose, of course. Um, Twitter, go to the Miss Lisa Nobles um, Twitter page on that one. And then LinkedIn, of course, is Lisa Nobles. <laughs> it's, all, it's all basically the same. So there's, there's, you go, if you go to my website, it's on the front of my page on my website, too. You can get me on any social media. Inbox me, email I, 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 I well, Lisa, we, we lost you for another second there, but we uh, we hope you're still with us. Are you still there? Yes. I'm okay, here. great. We we lost a few seconds there, but uh, folks, you know how cell phones work. We lose calls, or everybody does. We loses a moment when you talk on a cell call. Lisa Nobles has been our guest for this installment of Authors First. The book she's been discussing is Faith uh, for All I Trust in Him, a spiritual sabbatical journal. Uh, folks, change a life. Change a life. Why not? What do you got to lose, folks? If somebody's depressed out there, somebody needs a better way in life, maybe this will help them. Lisa, congratulations on a great project. and Thank you. Uh, uh, we look forward to having you back. Come back and visit us as soon as you can. I sure will. Thank you so much.